with me in God's holy word to the book of Romans, chapter 1, our text, Romans chapter 1, and we are looking at the Apostle Paul's um, letter to the Romans that God the Holy Spirit gave um, originally uh, to these Christians who were there in Rome. Uh, and it is God's eternal word. And may the Lord come by His Spirit and give us ears to hear of what the Spirit is saying, not just to the church that existed there in Rome, but to all the church, to all His people down through the ages. Hear now the word of the living God, beginning in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature, rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, Malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors 
of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. Blessed Lord, we ask that you would come now and Lord Jesus, you would preach the good news that you came to save sinners, mankind who has fallen in Adam, who has lost. Lord, thank you that there is life and hope for your sheep that you gave father to your own son by name even before the foundation of the world lord jesus you came and purchased redemption for your people dying on the cross according to that eternal plan and now you, O oh God, the Holy Spirit, are at work applying that amazing redemption. And Lord, those of us who love you here even this day, Lord, we are trophies of your grace. We did not save ourselves Lord, we give all praise to you, the God of our salvation. And we beg that you would revive our hearts to see how desperately we need you, Lord Jesus, and your saving mighty presence. Lord, we ask if there be any in this place or listening who are apart from you, that you would awaken them this day to see why they need your son. And Lord, that you would draw your lost sheep unto yourself, speaking your gospel to their hearts, giving them eyes to see and ears to hear. Oh Lord, come and and walk in our midst now, we beg by your Spirit. Take this, the very word of your mouth, this sharp two-edged sword. And Lord Jesus, that you would wield it this day, piercing our own hearts. Lord, causing us uh, to run to you afresh. Uh, Lord, bless us with life in your Son. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, last Lord's Day, we began looking at this section of Holy Scripture, and the Apostle Paul now is answering the question, why is the gospel so wonderful? And he first turns to, why do Gentiles need the gospel? Why do Gentiles need the gospel? Well, it's because we are captured by sin. We find ourselves in the state of fallenness. That's why Gentiles need the gospel. 
Paganism is not a pretty thing. Being a barbarian, even the term, uh, we use it today. If somebody does something that is just beyond uh, mean or icky, they say, ooh, that was barbaric. And that is what I am and what you are apart from the grace of God. A pagan, a barbarian. Not very flattering. But that's why I need the gospel. That's why you need the gospel. That's why our families need the gospel. That's why every aspect of life needs the Redeemer to come and save us. In this passage, the Lord tells us in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed. And you remember last Lord's Day, we said that, yes, the Bible does teach there is a great day of wrath coming. And we looked at numerous passages of Scripture showing uh, that this is one of the major themes in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Both testify there is a great day of wrath where Jesus will come again in glory and it will be the great judgment day. We saw it's also going to be the day of ultimate relief for God's people. This passage is not talking about that day that will surely come. Notice the tense of the verb in verse 18. For the wrath of God is. It's something, it doesn't say for the wrath of God will be. Other passages teach that. This passage is saying God's wrath is being revealed now, presently. And we looked at these verses why is God's holy, just anger being poured out presently? Well, we saw in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. God's righteous, holy anger is being poured out upon men and women and boys and girls who in the face of the evidence that God unmistakably has shown and is declaring all around us, mankind, Individual men and women, boys and girls, take the truth that God is the creator and the sustainer and deny that God is and that they owe him. Verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Uh, why is God's wrath being poured out? It's because 
of the willful, wicked rebellion of the creature shaking our fist in the face of our Creator, denying His existence, denying that we owe Him our very life and our love and our obedience and our worship. God has made it plain that He is God the Creator. God has shown it to them. Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Everybody who has ever lived has been confronted with the evidence that is all around us, just our own existence and all of the creation, all of the order, all of the universe, every molecule, every atom is declaring, God Almighty made me. God Almighty is to be worshipped and loved and adored just simply because He is the creator. That is why God's righteous holy wrath is being poured out. And so today we come now to this series of verses that describes, well, what does the wrath of God presently being poured out look like? What, what, what does it mean for God's Anger for his displeasure to be poured out. What does the wrath of God look like? And God tells us in this passage, the present wrath of Almighty God looks like this. Verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thinking. The very first thing that we see uh, as the expression of God's wrath is that people can't think. And I want you to look at this country. We are living in a country that is growing to be more and more a living illustration of the truth, of the reality of God Almighty judging our land because we are so wise, because we are so sophisticated, because we have evolved so far beyond the need to believe in the Bible and the God of Holy Scripture. Where do we find ourselves today? We find ourselves in a country that is full of insanity. A country that is full everywhere we turn we are living in an insane asylum where people are denying reality. 
How did this come about? This passage tells us. Our country is in the process of being judged. Now, before I go any further describing this wrath, why has God recorded this for us? Why does he tell us this? It's to awaken us to the reality of God himself and of the gospel and that we would repent and run to Jesus. That's why God has recorded this. It is God's kindness to tell us the truth so that we won't continue going down this road of rebellion against Almighty God. And we will turn to the living God, begging that He would forgive us in His Son and cleanse us in His precious blood and give us His blessed Holy Spirit that we would be right with God and again learn to think in terms of reality. Because they did not honor God as God or give thanks to Him, they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. It's like people have, have a, a, a veil over their eyes and over their hearts in our country. I, I, can you imagine 20 years ago somebody walking up to you on the street and saying, in just a few years we're going to have a movement in this country where people who are men are going to say they can have a baby. Incredible. Can you imagine such madness, it's happening before our very eyes. They became futile in their thinking. <laughs> we could look at the southern border. We have millions of people coming into this country who are being offered all kinds of social perks. We are in debt $34 trillion of actual debt on top of things that we've promised. And it's been estimated it's now around an additional $120 trillion. I mean, you know what they call that? We're bankrupt. We're, we're past being broke. We can't sustain this. And what are we doing? More of the same. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. You know, there's a little child's story about an emperor. And uh, 
there was a little boy. This emperor hired this tailor to make uh, a fancy robe for him. And this tailor pretended to make this robe out of invisible thread. And this emperor, he decides that he didn't want to be the only one who can't see this beautiful robe. And so here's this emperor who has no clothes on. And the tailor pretends to put the robe on the emperor. And the emperor has a parade, and the emperor is walking down the street, and everybody is participating in the madness. Everybody is getting on board and saying, oh, oh look at that robe. Isn't that the most beautiful, magnificent? Woo, I bet that cost a lot of money. And there's a little child who says, but the, but mama, mommy, the emperor has no clothes on. Oh, dear. And that's where we are. Professing to be wise, they became fools. We're living in a culture where the emperor is walking down the streets. He has no clothes on. And Everyone, almost, a huge number, have gotten on board participating in this madness. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Turn with me over in the Psalms. Um, Psalm 14. Here's what God says the heart of foolishness is. Verse 1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool, uh, the emperor, and all of the people who are participating in the charade, pretending that God Almighty does not exist, pretending that we do not need his standard of right and wrong, pretending that there is no such thing as absolute truth, pretending that man is basically good and all we need is for those who are much wiser than we are to tweak society a little bit and all will be great. Pretending that we can deficit spend ourselves and all will be well. Pretending that men are women and women are men. Pretending that men can have babies. Pretending that people can change their identity. And through drugs and brutal mutilating surgeries can make themselves into the opposite sex. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They, are, they do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. 
The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. And that's the society that we live in now. We live in a society where our leaders and our rulers have gone on record saying, Jesus, you are no longer welcome here. You see it in our halls of justice. You see it in the courtroom. You see it in the schoolroom. Jesus, take a hike. We do not want the Bible. It is an offensive book. It is viewed as vile. You know, this past week, a pastor prayed a prayer. Um, there in, in uh, the morning uh, as Congress uh, met, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs. And uh, it, it, was, it was a good prayer. It wasn't just a, you know, a prayer that got real specific about what our national sins were, but he said we need to repent of our national sins and turn to Jesus Christ. And you would not believe the outcry. Um, it, it just has, has been incredible. There's talk uh, of, about bills being introduced that that practice be outlawed to pray such a prayer before Congress. And this past week, two men who had recorded unspeakable acts in the Senate chamber back in December, it was announced that no charges would be filed against them. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. I will never forget uh, Bruce Babbitt, the Secretary of the Interior under President um, Bill Clinton. Um, he championed on January the 13th, 1995, the release of wolves again in uh, the lower 48 states to repopulate Yellowstone uh, uh, Park with wolves. Uh, the last uh, pack of wolves had been eradicated by ranchers 
1926. And for all of those years, uh, people who uh, produced beef, uh, they were very happy that there were no packs of wolves uh, roaming. And when Bruce Babbitt pulled the lever to release uh, the first of these wolves uh, in Yellowstone uh, Park, here's what he said. Thus begins the salvation of North America. That's madness. It's madness. And that idea that uh, we want to um, harm mankind for the sake of so-called environmental progress has only grown. Uh, you might think in verse 23 of Romans 1, they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. The green movement in our day and time is a religion and it worships the creature rather than the creator. It sets aside what God says about himself and that uh, mankind is to be a steward to develop creation for the glory of God and the good of our fellow man. And you can see the madness of this movement, particularly uh, in, in the uh, uh, climate change movement that it has championed the idea that CO2 is bad. Now, what do plants eat? Plants thrive on carbon dioxide. Uh, what do plants produce? Plants produce oxygen. And we like oxygen. God has made this world in an amazing way and in indoor farming uh, endeavors, they will increase the carbon dioxide, CO2, so that the plants will grow more and thrive more. We are living and watching God's judgment upon not only this nation, but the other nations of the world who have turned away from the God of the Bible, the Jesus of Holy Scripture. God calls upon us to look to him so that we might be able to think. 
John Dewey, who is known as the father of modern progressive education, he said that it was his goal to deliver children from their parents who would teach them of the God of the Bible. John Dewey said, we've got to, we've got to rescue these children. And it was his dream. And he has died and stood before the judge of all the earth. But his lies continue. And we now see in a wholesale way the rebellion against Almighty God being embraced and spread more and more. And I want you to notice, we're going to stop. Um, I want you to notice the culmination of this judgment. If that wasn't enough to cause us to go, Woo, we are in big trouble. What can we do? And the answer is, run to Jesus. Embrace him. Learn of him. Follow him. Look at verse 24. Therefore God gave them up. That's the judgment of God. Look at verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up. Look at verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up. Now, I was picking on John Dewey. You know who has helped John Dewey? Sadly. The majority of the so-called church in our day and time has come alongside and said, yes, we don't want the God of the Bible either. We don't want his standard of right and wrong. What happens to people when they reject God and his word and his standard of right and wrong? Well, we're going to close by looking at a couple of passages. Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. Here's what God says when people reject Jesus and the God of the Bible. Look at verse 18. Woe to those. Now when God says woe, he's not saying you're, you're, I'm going to cause you to have a bad hair day. Um, he's, he's pronouncing his righteous judgment, his wrath. Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of falsehood, who draw sin as with cart ropes, who say, let him be quick. Let him speed his work that we may see it. Let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near. Let it come that we may know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We are living in a culture where people are saying that for a woman who is in distress to murder her own little baby in her womb is a good thing. That's where we are. And the Supreme Court of the United States has said, yep, 
That's, that's fine with us. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. That's what the wrath of God looks like. Not only does God judge those wicked deeds themselves, but those wicked deeds themselves is an evidence that we are already under the judgment and wrath of Almighty God. But there's hope. And the hope that we have is there is a Savior who can deliver us from the wrath of God. His name is Jesus. Only Jesus can make things right. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. God says that if we humble ourselves before the living God and Embrace what God says is evil as evil and what God says is good as good and repent of our own sin and turn from it and turn to Jesus that God will forgive us. He'll heal us. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. And here God gives us a contrast what does it look like to be living against the living God? And what does it look like to have Jesus? Verse 5, thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. What can you grow on salt land? And if you can't grow your food, what happens to you? You perish. And that's where we're living. We're living in a salt land. We're living in a land that is full of sophisticated arrogance and pride in rebellion against the living God. And it's a nightmare. But praise God, there is a Savior. Look at verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Oh, how we need Jesus. Oh, how we need his standard of right and wrong. Look at Romans chapter 13. 
verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments you shall not commit adultery. We talked about adultery. Adultery is expressing your sexuality in a way that God says is not right. And God says sexuality is to be expressed in marriage between a man, a male, a husband, and a woman, a wife, a female. That's what God says. And any other expression, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual, outside of what God says is sinful. Look at the next. You shall not murder. God says that we have a responsibility to protect judicially innocent life. That means our own lives, the lives of our family, our neighbors. Uh, we are, are living in a culture where uh, people are saying you shouldn't have the right to protect and defend your own life and the life of your family. The attacks against the Second Amendment in this country are wicked in the sight of God Almighty. The problem is not guns. The problem is wicked people who have murder in their hearts. You don't have to have a gun to murder somebody. Keep reading. You shall not murder. The Biden administration, and I am calling Joseph Biden to repent in the name of Jesus for turning his henchmen loose on the pro-life protesters down in Tennessee who went into an abortion clinic and prayed and sang hymns. And they are now, they've been prosecuted. The local authorities came and said, look, you're trespassing. And they cited them with a misdemeanor for trespassing. The Biden administration said, nope, we're going to charge you with this federal statute called the FACE Act. And the Attorney General of the United States went after these dangerous, dangerous people who sang hymns and prayed and pled with women, do not murder your own little baby. And they've been found guilty and they are awaiting sentencing. They're facing hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. And they are facing prison sentences of up to ten and a half years each. That's where we are. Because we have turned away from the Jesus of the Bible. We are under God's judgment. And we need Jesus. He is the only one who can forgive us. He is the only one who can deliver us. 
Political parties can't save us. And yes, I believe we need to be salt and light and involved in politics. But understand, our salvation can come from only one source. And it is the Jesus of the Bible coming by his spirit and changing people's hearts and changing people's minds to think biblically and to live in the real world. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We don't even know what love is anymore. Love has been turned on its head. And a very prominent preacher in our country, he has embraced this ridiculous, perverted notion of love. That love is going along with perversion just so that you don't make people uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you love Jesus and stand for him in a culture like ours, not everybody's going to think you're great. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody is going to want to be buddies with you. The Christian says, I want one person to be pleased with me. And that's God Almighty. I want one person to approve of what I believe and how I'm living. His name is Jesus. And that's what we desperately need. Why do the pagans need the gospel? Just look around you. And praise God, Jesus has the power to forgive and change and make us right with God and with the people around us. So there's hope even for an insane asylum like the United States of America. But that hope is found in only one place, the saving work of the Jesus of the Bible. Give yourself anew to him today. Purpose in your heart like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel that you will not defile yourself with the thinking and the ways of this wicked culture. Or will you just go along with the crowd ooing and aahing over the emperor's beautiful robe? May God give us grace to love Jesus, to stand upon his word, to love the people around us, to show them and tell them of Jesus. Amen. Father, we need you to come by your spirit and to write the message of life and hope upon our hearts that we would embrace you afresh, Lord Jesus, and we would be like the Apostle Paul who in the face of pagan Rome said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you 
that you have the power to forgive us and to deliver us. You have the power to save us as individuals and bring blessing and healing to our families, to our community. Oh Lord, we look to you. Deliver us from the horrible unbelief and darkness that has captured our culture. Lord Jesus, you alone can save. Hear our cry for mercy. Bless now as we sing and rejoice in your saving power. As we rejoice in your word. In Jesus we pray. Amen.